This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Babes Listen. You're joined by your hosts, Nat and Jess. Two fitness professionals from New Zealand authentically talking everything health and wellness. You're welcome. Jess, how old are we? Sorry, what? How old are we? 101. <laughs> 101. So we're going to get a letter from the king. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's changed, hasn't it? A letter from the king. Um, I must say I'm not really a royalist, so I would prefer some other kind of acknowledgement. Would for... you care if the royal family was to be banned? I can't find the word. <laughs> I thought you were going to go executed, and I was like, it seems a little bit extreme. It's, it's 2023, sis. Um, I was about to say two, by the way. It's 2022. Uh, if... If we didn't have the royal family anymore, it really wouldn't impact my life in no, any way. neither. So, and I don't, I mean, to be honest, I probably don't understand the, um, you know, the subtleties of, of the benefits of having them or not. It just is not really my jam. <laughs> the royals, it's not really my jam. This is not even the topic. Um, can you just make sure you're in, you're in the camera, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, how's your day been? It's a beautiful Spring. Oh, spring day. Damn it, yes, I'm going into autumn. Well, yeah, what's to tell us about that? Because that's very exciting. Yeah, I'm going to France, don't you know? Wow. <laughs> Have you started thinking in French? No. Oh, do you know what? In the car yesterday, after my therapist appointment, I was like, oh, I think one of my biggest things is I'll, I get embarrassed of not knowing for the French language 100%. So I get embarrassed when I get, like, words wrong and stuff. So I was trying to practice what I will say to my grandma. Because <laughs> she'll definitely judge me. Okay. Yeah. That, that was going to be my question was sort of like, why are you putting <clears throat> so much pressure on yourself? But if you've got I, judgmental... Oh, like with friends and stuff, it's fine. My family, I mean, that was a big topic in my therapist session yesterday. Um, I don't really know that family uh, very well at all. Um, and the way I described it to her, I was like, it's almost like you're going to a networking event. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a great way to Shashing describe off. family for some people. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I was like, it's very top layer. It's quite like they, they'll, like I can already tell you, they'll show off things to me. They're, they're quite wealthy. Um, they'll just be, it'll be like a show, like a show. Really? Mm. And then it'll be like, and what do you do? Like, I, I actually said that to her. I was like, literally, the topic will be, what do you do? Yeah. And this is what I do. This is what this cousin does. So this cousin, it will be so top layer, like I'm in a networking event. Yeah. It won't be like, how are you? How is, how's your family? How's mom? You know, it won't be that. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because it reflects that that's incredibly important in the family. The what do you do, not how do you feel. Yeah, I think success and um, image is massive to them. Like that's without a doubt. And I, I know I could put a bit on that. So do you? So you are going into that, <laughs> and you go. Topic. I'll just. I think this <laughs> is a great, podcast. great topic. You know, um, I guess the uh, you know the kind of. Uh, ethos of a family or, you know, family values and things like that. But do you then just go, I'll just suck it up and I'll yeah. network and I might need these people in future, so 
Yeah, I I'm only really. I mean, I hope they never listen to this. I don't think they do, but. Um, yeah, because that's what my therapist said. She was like, why are you going if mm. it's like this? And then I was like, well, I think, like, my grandma's her 90, in her 90s. This will probably be the last time I see her. Um, I just, and to be honest, SC was a big, like, he, I wasn't planning on seeing them at all because I was like, we're only going for a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, it's just, it feels like short, like too short to really, like, make a huge effort type of thing. But he was like, no, 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 definitely do. You'll regret it if you don't. Um, I think every time I, because I don't know them very well, every time I do see them, it feels like I learn something else about myself and my family. So Mm. that's quite important. But also in terms of like my values, I want to be able to, um, you know, see my grandma for the last time. So she was like, you're you're going for your values and Mm. they might be, um, you know, opening their doors for different reasons. More so to be like, um, this is what we've done. Mm. <laughs> what have you done? Mm. How much Do they speak got? English? Nah, no. Well, you can always throw that in their face. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, they I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I know them very well enough to really be able to like speak on their behalf. But I feel like they're so proud that they wouldn't even think that. You know, like they're mm. so proud that they wouldn't even think that it's called that you're bi- that we're bilingual. You know what I mean? We there is one mm. cousin that was um, good at speaking English, so he spoke to Essie a little bit last time. But other than that, Essie was honestly on his loans, pretty Aww. much. I know, like he was just basically like he ended up um, like putting dishes away mm. <laughs> last time because he was like, "Well, I may as well make myself useful." Since. That's so nice that he's <clears throat> encouraged you to, yeah, you know, reconnect. I, like, to me, it brings a lot of anxiety. I really like, like I, I'll be looking forward to it being done. Yeah. Well, how yeah. early into the trip are you doing it? Don't know. Yeah, I've yeah, I've given them a window of days of when we're there, mm. but don't know yet. Mm. Hopefully early. And is it anxiety about being judged? Yes, hundred okay, percent. Okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's purely and that. Also, like you, like I'm literally going into an, a place where I don't know anybody, right? Mm. I, like I really don't know them. Mm. And not only will I get judged, but also you're the center of attention for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, like I'm not the center of attention because I'm cool or whatever. It's basically because. Like, my mum and my brother and I have always been the outcast Mm. based on, I mean, that's something that I've never talked to anybody about apart from my close friends, but we've always been the outcast because of my dad. So, like, you know, like I'm the centre of attention because I'm the old one out. Mm. Like, that's not a nice feeling. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's hard to feel like you belong in what you would expect to belong to. Yeah, well, I don't. That wasn't a fart, by the way. That was my that was my gentle. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, wow, that sounds like a fart. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, no, I don't feel like I belong there at all. Like, mm. we're so different. I don't belong there. I think also the thing that came out of my therapy session was that um, there's a lot of anger as well, that they're not the people, they're not the family that I should have. Like, they're not the family that I should be going back to. You know, they don't. It's not... The, the feeling that I get there is not with family. You mm. know what I mean? It's definitely not that. So you're not getting a sense of belonging. You're no. not getting a sense of <laughs> I'm support. I'm getting my again. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, you know, that I guess yeah. that kind of is what family should, should be, be. Yeah. about. Um, you know, so many of us don't have that experience with family and it can 
um, sometimes feel like an emotionally unsafe place to be. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, and that's very that. real, you know. Um, don't know what's happened to my voice. It's Excuse okay, me I'm for fine. one moment. Jeez, I'm okay. <laughs> <coughs> wow, you're you're um, you're doing that more and more lately. Oh wow! Well, we are up to episode one hundred and one. Do you so, think it's all the talking that we're doing? Absolutely, it's the hour that I do a podcast a week that is the problem for sure. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so um, we've had since um, since. But you haven't we, said how you're. How you been? Uh, good. I'm you trying to think on. what's been happening. I guess. Um, very cool to have Penny um, on the She's show. She's so good, eh? Oh, my goodness. It's so funny. I love that episode so much. It was so hilarious. And then we had the awesome episode with the lovely Ben. He was amazing. Um, for the 100. Yeah. So, um, so that's been very cool. In and around that, we've also had um workshop for Les Mills, which is, I mentioned a few episodes again, I was feeling kind of a little bit of um, anxiety about... Uh, you know, kind of presenting in that and, you know, sort of am I good enough and all of that. That was a really, really cool workshop and um, I was uh, very lucky to do it with a couple of people. One of them I met for the first time, Millie. Oh, Millie. And, um, you know, we have talked about the whole kind of like soft launching and all of that (laughs) stuff, right? And uh, that sometimes when you meet people, you can kind of soft launch your weirdness. They accept it and you go to really cool places. This this was my experience with Millie. And my favourite moment, and I asked her and she said she was okay with me sharing this. Did you ask her if you could share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I I was chatting to Millie and first time I met her and we were kind of chatting and... um, uh, you know, and how long have you been teaching for and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And then um, she uh, kind of pulled her hand out of her pocket and something flew out and I looked down and it was a tampon. And I was like, oh, you've just, you've dropped your tampon. She's like, oh, no. And she went to pick it up and she dropped out another one. Like it was honestly like a tampon scramble. And I was cracking up. And I and she was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so embarrassed. And I said, honestly, I like you so much more because of that. And um, and then, and then you know, we kind of really connected on She's that. She's so sweet. Yeah, but just like, you know, like that when someone's just – um, I don't on your know. level. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's dumb stuff that I would do. Yeah. I was like, But Man. also just, like, um, I think I think you and me relate to people that don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, they're, they're not yeah. like, but I am perfection. Yeah. You know? That yeah. it's just real. Yeah. 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 Puts you at ease, you know? Because, like, yeah. after she threw out her tampons, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty comfortable. Anything goes now. Yeah, anything, <laughs> anything goes. They were... Um, not used tampons, by the way, just to kind of establish. I just thought you meant to give us the brand no, and, like, the size. No, no, no. I mean, did you ask, no, like, no, was it, like, no. light, medium, heavy flow? Or? No, 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 no. We didn't get into details, um, but just to establish that it was definitely not, definitely not a used tampon. But um, anyway, so that was a, that was a really... Um, enjoyable part of workshop too yeah. was meeting someone and um, and and having fun teaching body balance in that way because body balance sometimes you can take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and so that's a really nice one to have someone who is equally equally kind of as quirky doing it with you. So that was a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, another thing that um, that has happened, not hugely significant, but significant in terms of 
what we'll be talking about today, which was that a couple of Fridays ago, I think it was, um, uh, last Friday maybe, went out for dinner and you were there. And um, oh, yes, yeah. yes, and then, must have been last Friday, and then came home and kind of was a bit peckish and got one of my kids to do, I get them to do like a, um, a run to the gas station to buy me <laughs> snacks. That's kind of the deal. You know, like I gave birth How to you, they get there? you get my snacks. Do they bike? No, they just walk. Oh, wow, that's because it's nice and close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is real close. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and they kind so of... what did you say? Did you say, I gave birth to you, so <laughs> this is your chance to give back to your mother? Pretty much. It's pretty much been established that this is kind of, this is this is how it rolls it. Mum gets, you know, kind of like the munchies and we facilitate, um, we facilitate, um, you know, that need. The munchies because I just sometimes like to eat junk, not because, you know, of any other reason, by the way. Um, but oh, did you mean like... Not not because you were like smoking weed. Yeah, or something. yeah. Because yeah. I to make that clear. Yeah, because I don't. I don't. But no judgment. And we'll do. Yeah. We'll do a whole kind of thing on drugs another day. I think. But yeah. anyway, so bag of chips had that, and then I was kind of, I was kind of sifting through, you know, the pantry as you do, and mm. I was like, hmm, um, these cookies look kind of good. And then so I had a cookie, and then I had another one, and I think I had probably about ten, right, and. Then I went to bed and I felt so guilty about it, mm. you know, and kind of felt like I'd sort of binged. And I've talked before, obviously, about having um, a history with an eating disorder. And so, you know, that kind of stuff is really, really tough for me. And then I woke up the next morning and I was still thinking about it. Aww. And I felt I felt so much shame about it. And I ended up kind of looking into what is this whole thing with you know, kind of food guilt. Like, yeah. what, what is that about? So that's sort of where we're going today. So when you, <clears throat> sorry, when you were thinking about it, were you thinking, um, I wish I hadn't? Yep. Okay. Regret. Yeah, okay, regret. Yep. And guilt that, um, like, the the food itself or more the fact that you'd lost control? Both. Or, or thought you'd felt lost control? Yeah. Both. Okay. And I think that that is... Um, quite a common experience is sort of like, uh, you know, the foods that you try not to eat so much, when you allow yourself to do it, then you feel guilty and that kind of fuels the overeating of it. Um, Totally, yeah. I know what you mean, like when when you restrict or you're so strict to the point where you don't have, um, I guess, what do you call them? Like, I would call them, like, treats. Yep. What would you call them? Would you um, call it, like, a... Uh, you know, like, mm, I don't like to use this phrase, but it's the only one that comes to mind right now, which would be junk food. Junk food. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's a good point, eh? Like, your, um, the way we think, the way we associate to them um, has a big impact on how you feel about it as well, eh? Yeah, that's yeah. it. So I looked into, into food people guilt. people would call it, like, bad food. Yes, bad yeah, food. Good and bad. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the banned list or whatever. But yeah. um so looking into food guilt a little bit more, um, it is when you experience strong negative emotions about eating certain foods mm-hmm. or for some after eating any food at all. And that mm-hmm. I will say that's the experience of anorexia. Yeah. Is that the guilt 
um, is so extreme that you avoid eating to avoid that sense, that incredibly heavy sense of guilt. Yeah. And no matter what you eat, you feel guilty about it. So, um, uh, awful. so it's the unnecessary stress about what we eat leading to unhealthy eating patterns and unhelpful anxiety. So I've got some examples of um, kind of the self-talk that might go along with food guilt. And you can let me know if this is ever a phrase that, you know, kind of comes to your mind um, and same to you. I will. Um, I can't believe... So this is the self-talk where you would be saying this to yourself after eating something that you might deem to be junk food. I can't believe you ate that. You're completely out of control. Yep, a hand goes up for that. Same for you. Um, I think for me, like... Uh, yeah, I think some pop up. Maybe not to that first one, that kind of... Um, I mean, it depends. It depends. For me, I, I've told you I'm like an emotional eater. So if I'm stressed or um, feeling anxious, then my go-to is to go and eat, um, I suppose, like treats or whatever. Mm. Or to, yeah, I guess just eat in general, but also just eat treats. Mm. Um, and I'm really aware of it. So when I lose, when I feel like I'm, say, really anxious or, or stressed or whatever, and I go to do that, I'm disappointed that I'm doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm aware while I'm doing it, which I'm sure you are too, you know, mm. um, at the time. Um, I don't think my my guilt is as extreme maybe because I haven't got the past that you've got, but I think it used to be worse than it is now. That's good, that yeah. it's not as bad as it used yeah, to be. Yeah, like it definitely used to be a lot worse than it is now. Um, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, I've I've got a I've got a better mindset, but not I'm not not to the point where I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'm still doing it. I still do binge sometimes. Like mm. that hasn't. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't want to give the message that I like used to be not great. And now I'm all good. Yeah, you know, yeah, like for I sure. don't want to say now for I'm like because sure. I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. doing it. Yeah, I still have less that frequently. urge. Um, yeah, less. Yeah, I think less frequently. Um, less guilt when I do do it, mm. um, but I definitely still have the urge. Like if I'm having an argument, for example, with SE, my go-to will be to go and eat something. Okay. Yeah. Comfort. Comfort. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which <clears throat> totally makes sense, right? Which is why, you know, we have comfort foods for, yeah. you know, sort of when the weather is very cold or, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's self, self-soothing kind of um uh, behavior in that way as well, but um, w- did it help when you became aware of it? Did it th- was was there a, yeah. an, a lack of awareness around it when you were younger? Um, <clears throat> I think so. I don't. I think I probably started doing that when I was at uni. Maybe mm. I think uni was probably. Um, I'm just trying to think back. Like, I don't remember having, um, oh, maybe actually high school, but not not young, young. Like, in France, I don't remember having anything, um, any kind of, like, guilt around what I'm eating. But I was also just 13, you know. I miss those days. Same. Like, I, like I'll be honest. I, yeah. would, I would love to be someone who is kind of, like, graduated to, you know, foods being very neutral and having yeah. a very healthy relationship with food and not really thinking about it too much. I'm not there yet. No, and when I neither. look back on my younger self, I miss that. 
Yeah. You know, and and I miss I miss that food was just food. Yeah. And I would love to get back to that place. Um, maybe similar to how you feel where you say in France, you know, I was 13, I wasn't really thinking about it. Like, how cool would that be to not it have free it you up, so... free up your mind so much, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Because when it's bad, the food guilt for me, when it's bad, I can get quite paralysed with even what to eat because everything's making me feel guilty. Uh. And also I'll, I'll kind of think back on what did I eat the day before and all of that. Right. So it can be quite consuming for yeah. my mind. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, the, the other kind of examples of of some negative self-talk around food. Um, you know, I ate so many carbs, I'm going to get fat. Um, that that's kind of, The whole carb thing is kind of interesting, isn't yeah, it? Um, yeah. uh, uh, processed <clears throat> food, um, that you shouldn't be eating processed food. Um, I didn't need that food. I'm eating more food than I everyone else. I definitely said to myself, I didn't need that. Yeah. Like I'd eaten, like in terms of like the energy that I need for today, I don't need this, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like I said, the kind of the, the shame that I had was that I'd been out for dinner mm. and I came home and that's part of the narrative too, is sort of like I didn't need any more yeah. food. It wasn't a physiological hunger that I was feeling. Just like craving just yeah. Something yum. Yeah. yeah. Friday night. Yeah. It's Friday night. I want to let my hair down. Yeah. 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 No, I think um I I can relate so much to that. Um, and I feel like it happens more when I feel maybe out of control. So then if I feel like there's anxiety and stress, then I go for the comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, but when 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 I'm feeling good, though, and I have – I still have those foods, but just in, I just don't binge them, mm. then there's no guilt mm. around having them. Maybe mm. not no guilt, not zero – I don't think it'll ever be zero percent for me. But it's not, it's like, it's it's like, if I feel like I'm in control and I'm like, I'm having this and I can stop I'm anytime. choosing, yeah, I'm yeah. choosing to have this yeah. and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, and I, and I know that I can stop right now mm. and I won't be like craving it for emotional reasons. Mm. Then I don't feel guilt. But when mm. I'm, when I know that I'm doing it because I feel shit or whatever, then, then I don't feel good because I'm like, I've lost control of my, I guess of what I'm doing. And do you have, when you have that feeling of I've lost control, do you have a kind of like, well, I've lost control now, I might as well go all in? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. definitely. I um, think that that is probably a very, very, very common experience. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and kind of, and just because, I don't know, there seems to be a, I mean, there's shame around that. There's shame around losing control and, um, you know, uh, so that we don't really talk about that and the isolation of that and the guilt of it makes it so much worse. Yeah. You feel like you're the only person who can't control what they eat. Okay, well, let's say right now on the podcast... You are not the only person. Two people sitting <laughs> right here. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So what about that kind of the shame with with eating and what are sort of, I guess, the cultural influences of that? So we live definitely in a world that's focused on weight loss and diets and food rules. So filled guilt is going to be quite common when you have that. So while a lot of us aim to be healthier, the quest to perfectly follow food rules 
as in no gluten or no meat or um, no processed food, whatever it is, only green food, whatever you want to do. Um, It can lead us down a path of food guilt, which more often than not leads to overeating and a cycle of uh, you eat and you feel guilty, Mm. you binge because you feel like you've lost control, and then you restrict to try and counterbalance that and gain back control. Yeah. But, but, you know, kind of, and then that sort of um, cycle continues. So whether it's the shame that we put on ourselves or, unfortunately, if you've got other people around you putting shame on you for what you're eating, the result is the opposite of what's intended. So the shame doesn't actually help you eat any healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good point for if you've got people in your life who um, tend to bring shame when you do eat, I guess, like, quote mark treats or quote mark junk food, mm. you could just, you know, it doesn't help. Yeah, and that, really that, there's, that there's evidence that yeah. definitely supports that if you shame someone for eating a certain type of food or an amount of food, yeah. that, that the... They don't eat less or not eat that type of food. They do, do exactly you know something the that I really don't like what? is when somebody is following some kind of diet for whatever reason, all good, fine. But when they kind of will try and like impose it on yeah. you, you know, and tell me that's actually the right. You know, I was going to say that. I love really. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they, you know, like they, they, they're like. Well, I don't have carbs before. Because yep. carbs are the devil. 10 a.m. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, I'm sure that's not, I mean, it might be a thing somewhere. But, you know, there used to be a thing, I remember when I was younger, um, to stop eating, I think it was a celebrity or something in a magazine that I read that she stopped eating after 8 p.m. And I yeah. remember trying it. How did that go? Didn't go. Wow, at all, because yeah. I was a night owl. <laughs> this girl here, like, my mum used to never, we didn't have a curfew, so we used to go to bed at, like, 10 or 11 p.m. Sounds like my kids, yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I would eat dinner. And, like, in France, you eat dinner super late. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I remember doing that in France, but I do remember reading it and then be like, I'll try it. So it must have been, I would have been in high school. Yeah. And trying it and be like, well, that doesn't work. I'm going, like, I've got two hours till bedtime and I'm hungry. What made you want to try it in the first place? Probably because I wanted to lose weight and I didn't need to because I was, like, 14 or 15. Yeah, okay. So do you have a memory of the first time that that was on your radar? As in the, the kind of a memory of, oh, I'm not okay as I am, but I will be okay if I'm smaller? Not, like, one singular memory, but I do remember, like, maybe that's why I hate uniforms so much, mm. school uniforms. I do remember thinking I look different to, say, this person. And also the girls would, I don't remember, like, a single moment, but they would start to talk about, you know, like, oh, I feel fat mm. or I'm having a fat day or... Mm. um you know, like so, I think I think it, I became aware of it um, in the years when I was in New Zealand wearing a uniform, especially because I do remember thinking I look different mm. to say a really skinny girl. Mm. Like my, I just I'm wider. Mm. You know, and I was never overweight. I just wanted to say, not that that's relevant at all, but I did feel like I was though. But if you if I look back. I'm a bit sad for that girl. <laughs> well, because it is really sad. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's really sad to, uh, for so many of us, like what yeah. you're describing, which is that experience of, 
I'm not okay. As I am. As I am. Mm. And also what you're saying is I'm different. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, it, you compare. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you look, um, I guess, long and, and little and skinny and I'm the opposite. <laughs> so then you go into <laughs> I need to manipulate what my eat. body. Yeah. And then you get fed, like what you said, you get fed from magazines, from TV and stuff, that being big or being not the um, skinny is not good. Like you have mm. to be, in order to have more value in this world mm. as a female, you need to be skinny. Mm. So then there's also this food myth, right? So this is the food myth that we have, um, I would say, in Western society. And the myth is that if we eat the right types of food in the right amount, we will achieve the ideal body shape. So What's basically, but, well, whatever the culture does, defines at that yeah. time. Yeah. You know, so um, like if you think about it, we've kind of gone through a little bit of a cultural shift, I would say thanks to like Kim Kardashian a little bit, where the booty became really valuable. And so all of a sudden it's it, there's a lot of that and there's mm. a lot of kind of like... BBLs bo- getting done. Yeah, <laughs> and, and booty training and all of that because the, the culture has decided that that's the valuable female kind of body, body type. Shape, so yeah. Small waist, big butt, big boobs. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of, um, um, hello, (laughs) someone popped in, Um, a lot of fake boobs coming in. I think, do you know what, I think that was a big thing and then it went down and now it's back, do you reckon? Big boobs? Yeah. Uh, It's not on my radar. No, 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 neither. Yeah. (laughs) This. We are in fitness. It would hurt our oh, back. I am very happy to be an A So much. Yep. Um, but I do think, like, before my time, so uh, maybe when I was, like, in my teens, I think it was a thing. Mm. And then it was not a thing. Because okay. I think fitness was became quite big. You know, mm. um, Instagram uh, fitness models, you mm. know, like, Instagram became quite big. Mm. But I think now it's coming back. What's coming back? The skinny? No, the big boobs. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like yep. I have this, yep. you know, I feel like I see it more. Yeah. Maybe it's the algorithm fe- feeding me big tits. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> Seems- you should see Essie's algorithm. It is screwed. <laughs> what is he getting his feed? <laughs> like people just hurting themselves. Oh, yeah. Like pranks and just like weird things. Like there's one that he posted yesterday and it was like, this massive dude, like shredded, massive, but in like a tight little skirt and and heels and like had a wig on. And it's just like, why? Mm-hmm. Why am I your target for that? Is it, the sh- is it the shredded male body maybe? Is that what the algorithm maybe, was getting him? And, that, and actually that's a really good point. It's just also to um, acknowledge that it is not just women who feel a lot of pressure to have, you know, kind of um, an ideal body shape, that men are under similar pressures most definitely. And the same myth exists, which is if you eat the right foods and the right amount and, like, if you're you're good, you'll have the ideal um, body shape. But the problem is that when we start to put foods into good or bad, we also um, start to identify identify with being a good person or a bad person. So wow, if, that's a good point. if you're eating too many bad foods, 
then you're a bad person and it becomes kind of this idea of, you know, if you can't control that, then it's sort of a moral failing. Mm. But the thing is that we are wired to kind of be attracted to the things like forbidden fruit. So if we define something as bad, we tend to be quite attracted to having it Mm. because the brain does not respond very well to restriction, a.k.a. not eating after 8pm. A.k.a. diet culture. Absolutely, which is a great business model, by the way. Oh. You know, it's a great business model because it's it's never going to be successful in that way yeah, if yeah. you restrict too yeah. many foods. Um, so the big concern, though, is that what's very popular now is the whole clean eating and detox diets and, um, you know, kind of these food um, phobias so that now food there's, phobias. you know, when you're scared of eating, eating certain foods. Oh, because it makes you feel like, like it's bad food and it makes you feel... Guilty. Guilty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a very, very big list now of, you know, sort of like foods that have the potential to make you feel like you're not a good enough human, which is not great. In terms of, um, I'm just trying to think of how, why my guilt, I think, got better. And it's definitely not perfect. And definitely I have Mm. um, waves of it. I think I... Because when, when it comes back in and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're eating this, whatever, and you're obviously binging, like I'm aware of it. And then I'll say, rather than, I'll try and not put myself down for with the fact that I'm doing it. It's like, oh, you're doing it, whatever, you're doing it. But then I try and think of the fact that my lifestyle in general is good enough as it is, like, not to worry, you know what I mean? Like, I do exercise and I do, for the most part, have um, meals that nourish my body. Mm. But, you know, like I try and and back myself, like, you know, maybe maybe I'm trying to tell myself you're not a bad person. Like, for the most part, you do look after your body. Yeah. And this is just a moment of... um, where you feel like your brain really wants this right now. Your brain really wants it. Yeah, that's exactly it. I don't it. know if it's, it's helpful at all, really. It, it is helpful because it's exactly that, is that um, if you're eating foods that you feel are less nutritious and more of kind yeah. of like a treat food, right? And like the quote mark, you don't need it. Yeah, you don't need it or you've you've kind of deemed it as a, as a bad food. Yeah. The shift then, what you're describing is that instead of eating the food and then your self-talk is I'm a bad person because I ate the bad food. Yeah. Your self-talk is then, okay, you know what? I I eat nutritious food. I exercise as my normal. It's actually okay for me to enjoy these foods. Mm. So that's that's yeah. a massive shift. Did you do that by yourself or did you actually get help with that? No, <laughs> you're making me sound like I'm amazing. But you are. <laughs> I'm not. Thank you so much. No, I, I didn't get help with it. But, like, I do want to say that it's definitely not perfect, but I think the impact of it to, to me is less than it used to be, you know, and maybe for not as long either. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it helps to one be aware of it. I think it got better. So when I was aware of my binging, mm. it got worse before it got better mentally. Okay, explain that. In the sense that I remember being like, "Well, now I know about it, 
it's not freaking helping because I feel worse about it because I know I'm doing this thing. Mm. So that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it, it got worse in the sense that maybe I, like, I beat myself up more because I'm like, well, you're a binge eater. Mm. That's you. This is a label on you. And there's shame associated there's shame with, with that. that. Yeah. But then I think I came out of that and then it got better. Mm. How did you come out of feeling shame around it, though? I don't know. I think, I think, and I've said this before, like, I think surrounding yourself around with people that are that are kind and that don't make you feel shame around what you're eating mm. and like I remember in my old job like my my old old job um not Liz Mills and not anything that anybody knows <laughs> um I remember there was always like a lot of um like no matter what you're eating there was always comments on it mm. you know okay. what I mean like in in my office like if I was eating a salad it's like oh, geez, that's healthy. You know, like the everything, or like, oh, you're eating that. Oh, well, you don't normally eat bread. What's changed? You know, like there was always, like, comments around, but, like, yeah, just, but not just me, like everybody. They Everybody just commented on everybody's food. They sound like they were really bored. And I hated it. Like, I hate it. Like, sometimes I think about what I'm going to, like, I think about what I'm going to bring, and, and I wouldn't stop bringing that food, but I would think about what they're going to say. Oh. And I hated that feeling. Like, yeah. it was, it was like, my pet peeve. And I think I remember as I got, got more confident in this role, obviously, and knew the people better, I just used to be like, I'm not asking you about your bloody sandwich, so mm. why do you care about mm. what I'm eating, you know? Was it a... Was it a- like a hierarchy thing, like a power thing, as in people who held no. more powerful positions could comment no, on? They did it on every, to everybody, really. I think it's an insecurity thing. People mm. are always looking for, oh, what are you doing? Mm. Oh, but, like, they judge as they're insecure. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And mm. I guess because I've been in, um, was in the fitness industry at the time as well, I think it's an insecurity thing. Like, it's just like, oh, so what's the, oh, is that what I, like, they're, they're, they're judging, like, oh, you're, you're, that's healthy. But, mm. like, really, they're just insecure with what they're eating. Because mm. mm. probably there's somebody else judging them for what they're eating. Well, like, it's that, a vicious cycle. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about, too, is as a society, you're kind of, you know, food has this sort of, like, morality associated with it. Yeah. And, you know, um, the more you eat good food, the more of a good, moral, person, of a you good person you are, and you are, you are, you know, obeying, obeying the rules. Do you get that with because you're in the fitness industry? If you're eating, or if you're having a glass of wine, or eating, um, quote mark bad food, mm-hmm. people were like, "Oh well, wow, you're doing it. Then, then that's okay for me to do it because you're in fitness and you know what's best." Such a good or question. Or like the surprise that you're having chocolate, for example, or you're having something that that is deemed bad? I, you know, I remember um, definitely this, uh, having an awareness of this, um, not more recently, but probably more when I was back in Dublin, if I would bump into people that I knew um, from the gym or whatever while I was shopping, I Mm. definitely noticed that they would sort of look at what I was buying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, and I must say, I would probably still... And would they say, oh, don't look at my trolley. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's got chips in there. Yeah, Yeah, same, like members all the time in the supermarket. Like, oh, don't look at my trolley. Honestly, sis, I don't care. Yeah, like like we're we're kind of judging them. But the (laughs) thing is, I guess... Uh, maybe I've always got something like I, my supermarket trolley isn't always you know like fresh vegetables and all that stuff so maybe that kind of puts them at, at ease um, I like modelling would have been 
Definitely under the microscope in terms of what I was eating and, you know, yeah. sort of all that stuff. But I'd also come out of an eating disorder where a lot mm. of people knew I had anorexia. So I felt like... You were being I, watched. I felt like I was that. being watched, yeah. you know, kind of oh, all, sucks. all the time. Um, but I, I had never really had an issue with binging until I was... So sort of around the time that I met Greg, really. And so my my challenge with food was always restricting. Yeah. So, you know, it was anorexia at, at its worst, levels of restriction, you know, kind of yeah. um, would, would vary across the years. And then for some reason when I met him, or maybe it was part of kind of deciding not to model again, I allowed myself to have the foods that I hadn't allowed yeah. myself to have for many, many years. And I think then I felt so guilty about it that then I would just have more because I'd Mm. sort of go, well, I'll go back to restricting tomorrow, so I might as well enjoy this while I can. But it just created this this horrific kind of cycle of... um, of a binge eating disorder, which is actually quite common when you're coming out of something like anorexia, is to then potentially have bulimia, which I didn't, or to have a binge eating disorder, which is that you restrict and then you binge and then you restrict. And it just is a cycle cycle, that, you know, continues. Um, And struggled with that, um, you know, kind of for, for a few months, I would say, felt so much shame around it because I ended up putting on, um, you know, a bit of weight with that as well. So I was, my identity was not that I was small anymore. And that shame, you know, kind of fueled um, more binge eating, more social anxiety. And it was, it was a pretty, like, not a fun place for me at that time in my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I think... What got you out of it, or like, um, what what was what made it better? Oh, you know, I, uh, I think if I'm really honest, it was the binge eating disorder, and then I went back to restricting. Okay, you know, and so then that that wasn't good, and then yeah. so went back to restricting, and then. Um, I would say probably after I had my kids and the postnatal depression was um, was picked up and I started counselling, mm. then I would say, you know, kind of the, the therapy and exploring that a bit more is definitely what I think contributed to having a better relationship with okay. food. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wow, full disclosure. I think your honesty is so important, though. Mm. You know the fact that you you um, there's no shame in the fact that you went back to restricting. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think your honesty is so important because, and we've said this before. Like where um, we hear you know inspirational speakers and stuff that talk about when they're when things just kind of like uh, they talk about it after the fact when it's all better and it's wrapped in a bow. And what did you call it? You called it packaged vulnerability. Packaged vulnerability. Yeah. It's but we're like we're literally just stating the facts that it's not all, like it's not the fact you didn't fail, mm. you know the mm. fact that you you know you you had a history of restricting and then binging and then restricting again that's not failure like mm. it's just it's just the way life happened and that's just the way, um, you know where you were at. 
Mm, yeah, and isn't that so important too, to be able to look back at your younger self with compassion and kindness yeah, yeah. and, you know, see that that person was struggling and surviving yeah. and doing the best that they could. And and because also, you know, the, the shame compounds the experience, you know, the the judging yourself around how you're coping makes it all worse as well. So, um but, wow, so many years to learn those lessons. Wish I'd had that when I was younger. Yeah. That would have been helpful. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, why is food guilt so unhelpful, even if it's not sort of leading to a binge eating disorder or, um, you know, something that would be classified as an eating disorder? This is why it's it's not helpful to, to sort of um, experience guilt around eating. Uh, it can lead to restricting food in future negative self-esteem, extreme hunger, feeling powerless, thoughts of worthlessness, depression, and then that binge restrict cycle. So um, the unfortunate reality is that we can ultimately reach a place with food guilt where we feel hungry and nothing sounds good to eat. So this can happen as a result of Mm. feeling like no food has enough value to compensate for the guilt and shame we feel after eating it. Oh, that's an awful place to be, eh? Awful place. You can actually feel paralysed with, I don't even know what to eat because I can find a reason why it's not good. Good, yeah. Um, So moving out of the very depressing kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) what do we do? So um, here are sort of, uh, I guess, what we've found that can be helpful. Oh, I like that. Some of them you've kind of mentioned as well. But um, And I guess also before maybe we get into this is that um, a lot of you listening will be like, this has... uh, I don't connect with this at all. I think a lot of people will, though. I think the majority, uh, the majority, yep. the majority will. Don't you think? Well, so if you're experiencing this, where you're struggling with food guilt, or you're struggling with, you know, sort of binging and all of that, um, this is our moment to say to you, you're not alone. Yeah. And that the very best thing that you can do for yourself right now is. Um, uh, show kindness to yourself if that's what you're going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe Amen. try and reduce the shame a little bit. So, um, something that can be helpful is something called intuitive eating. Have you heard of this? Yes. Yeah. What's your understanding of intuitive eating? So you eat as you are hungry, and you just listen to the signs of your body. Um, like you, you don't. Um, like you just eat what's enough. You know what I mean? Is that what it is? Nailed it. So it means choosing foods in response to what your body needs and wants, and um, you respond to your body's signals for hungry and full, and this can be protective against disordered eating. One of the hardest things coming out of anorexia, you completely lose the ability to feel hungry or full. Well, that's so my experience. I don't know if that's... So you you've, you've ignored it for so long yep. that it doesn't, it doesn't actually send signals to your brain or you just don't know how to not ignore it? So 
just to just to explain, actually, so this is my experience coming yeah. out of anorexia. So actually, I don't know if this is a common experience, um, and I don't know the exact science on it. But <laughs> um, but when um, so when I kind of made the decision to get better, yeah, I was like. Well, I'm going to be the very best recovered anorexic that has ever been. So let me let me eat. I'll eat. Yep, let's do it. And um, let's, let's do the meals. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> um, but I had rules around it. You know, like it all had to be very very low fat and all of that. So I had I had oh, my so... food rules, but I was like, you know, I could eat larger quantities. But I took me it took me a very very long time to feel um, any sense of satiation. Like fullness, wow. like any sense that I kind of had, apart Enough, from the experience yeah. of my stomach expanding, I couldn't feel like there was food in there. Wow. Wacky. That's eh? so interesting. Hmm. That's just you my won't experience. Be, well, you won't be alone in that. Maybe not. No, I don't think you will be alone in that. Yeah. That, so that was kind of hard, was like just going, okay, now I want to eat. So now, So now is that back? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been okay. bad for a long time. Yeah, yeah just checking. Yeah, it's like why I, stomach rumbles. I'm interested in the science. <laughs> I'll get back to you on the science. I don't yes. really have that. Um, the other thing that can be helpful for dealing with food guilt is avoid nutritional rules. So focus on something other than the number of calories or the mm-hmm. type of food you're eating. Uh, for example, try noticing how your body feels. So after you eat a meal yes. or a snack. Ask yourself, how am I feeling physically? And would I like to feel this way again? And then listen with curiosity and without judgment. So without judging yourself, if you have eaten something and then you don't feel particularly good after it, not to then judge yourself for not feeling good. Um, That was a a big, not a big, but a strategy when I would help clients when I was personal training with their food, it would be... Basically, they like just give me what you're eating currently, maybe the last two days, and which um, I think is quite confronting to them. And I think normally they they do lie on that, but that's mm. fine, you know. And I tell them like the likelihood is you're probably not going to put everything on there, and that's fine. But I'm not here to judge you, and I'm not mm. going to change everything. Um, but it's more about okay, so like when you've had that breakfast, how do you feel? Like, do mm. you feel like sleepy at work, or do you feel like it's giving you in- energy, or you know, or um, when you get to lunchtime, are you like starving to mm. the point where like it's kind of hasn't been helpful to your thinking mm. at work or study or whatever? So more about with how they feel and. Um, whether their mind is always on the food as well, mm, you know, like mm. if you're starving, you're going to be thinking about food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like when your workout is, is that does that give you enough energy for when that because that workout's at this time? Mm. So would it be better for you to have a bigger meal um, two hours before or whatever? You know, like just where how did it you, fits. Where did you come up with that as a strategy to help people? Um, I don't think I came up with it. I probably. Essie would have been somebody who, I mean, we know Essie used to be my personal trainer. Mm. <laughs> um, but I think Essie probably, you know, when you're around people that talk like that and stuff, like I probably had um, good people around me around there, like Essie's friend who was also a PT will talk in this way and, you know. And then that must have been quite helpful for you as well to then go, well, yeah. I need to make sure that I'm doing that too, that, yeah. you know. 
like for myself. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I mean by when you when you surround yourself with people who um have I guess good relationships with food, yeah. I guess, but also yeah. um they aren't they don't judge you for mm. what you're eating or what you're not eating and stuff, mm. then in time I do feel like I got better in that way without like a big thing changing, you know, yeah. like it was just progress progression. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too, is actually not not um sort of putting pressure on yourself to all of a sudden for it to be better. Yeah, yeah. But just those kind of um sort of small improvements that can come from just being kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of hopefully surrounding yourself with people who are not going to judge you in that way that you can be. Because we've definitely, you know, talked about quite a while ago yeah. about, you know, binging and things yeah, like we that. Have. Yeah, yeah, And just, just that there were, you know, kind of that we weren't judging each other for that. There's no shame in it. And just for me, not feeling a- alone with that, Yeah, you know, is, is really remember, helpful. Yeah, I do. I think I remember that conversation we had. Yeah, it was in the staff room. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, lastly, I remember feeling better as well. Same. Really? So, definitely. Oh, like all of a sudden. Like, like, oh, well, that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. That I'm not alone in doing that. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the whole thing is just not feeling isolated and and just the shame, the yeah. shame of feeling like you're the only person in the world that, yeah. you know, loses control when you eat something that you really want. And this is why we've got this podcast, everybody. That's it. So and that I don't feel alone. Exactly. So on the very last note of um, uh, managing the food guilt stuff, honour your hunger. So eat when you're hungry and quit when you're full. That's what we were saying before. And even if that means you must eat lunch at 11am or have a second or third helping, yeah. reliably eating until you feel satiated, until you feel full, teaches your brain and and body to trust each other, which will help you feel more relaxed and in charge yeah. of your eating. Yeah, you're so right. Like, don't, um, uh, like, I guess, you know, like, when you restrict for so long and you're so hungry and then after that, like, don't don't let yourself get to that point. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's the really, I think, I find that really challenging is that after um, a, a binge, you know, yeah. um, is not being tempted to restrict yeah, yeah. That's my big challenge. Don't go into restriction when I feel like I've lost control. Um, so that's food guilt, everybody. Thank you for all the research. You're welcome. I hope that was helpful for people. Um, I think it would have been. That's why we do this podcast, though, is to um, share our deep and darkest secrets so that ultimately you all don't feel alone and you know that you're actually not alone and that, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's helpful. Any last words? Uh, no, I'm a little bit hungry, I'll be honest. <laughs> Same. I'm off, yeah, I'm off to have something to eat. No guilt required. <laughs> required. And I'm off to France. Oh, yes. <laughs> Au revoir. Toodles. Au revoir. Tout le monde. <laughs> Bye.